yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Facts versus Rhetoric. Thank you very much for joining me today. This podcast has been a almost like a real-time documentation of my journey through trying to seek the truth and live an authentic life. I am so far from where I started, and I think that's a good thing, because I believe if you're not moving, then you're stagnant. And to me, a, a raging river is beautiful and powerful, and a pond is it's just gross. We are 143 episodes in, and I feel like I've been all over the map. I was self-critical about that at the beginning, but when I realized this is what learning and growing looks like, it kind of helped me not worrying about this non-linear direction that this podcast seems to be going on. I started with trying to point out, hey, you know, you're uh, being lied to by the people responsible for your suffering. I tried to illustrate how things worked, you know, maybe by being informed, you can understand what's supposed to happen. And when the seemingly exact opposite takes place every freaking time, you can identify the hypocrisies and the nefarious intent. Because then you would be able to see very clearly that they're either completely incompetent or they're lying. I lobbied for you to hold the correct people accountable. You know, it's not your neighbor making your life worse. It's the guy telling you to blame your neighbor that's making your life worse. Example after example of how, hey, you can spot the pattern of narratives designed to keep us divided and fighting each other. Example after example of the controlled demolition of the institutions that provide people strength to put themselves and their families first. The coordinated attacks and vilification of churches and religions and places of worship, right? Any place where people might believe in something more than the obedience to authority. The few in power are in competition for your obedience, and they hate competition. If you believe that you're here to be a good person and to serve some sort of higher purpose, well, that presents a problem to the people that want you to do what they say, the authority that want you to comply with them. I've said a bunch, you cannot force somebody with true beliefs to comply with something they don't want to do. We've also talked many times about the illusion of authority. The few in power only have the power that the people are willing to give them. Much like our money, the dollar only has value because people are convinced it has value. So when you understand that, the few, quote, in power just becomes a parody. All they can do is threaten you, coerce you, and gaslight you into compliance. They can't force you to do anything. Right? The SS isn't kicking down your door and checking your papers. People aren't getting stoned in the town square for Ron think. If you simply choose not to give people power over you, then guess what? They will have no power over you. And I said on a previous episode, I've officially reached the I don't give a shit stage in my life. And as usual, I didn't do a really good job elaborating on what that actually meant. I'm not a nihilist, right? Someone that rejects generally accepted and fundamental aspects of human existence, such as knowledge, morality, or meaning. Rather, I'm someone who doesn't give a shit about giving people authority over me or my life or my family. And when I got there, many things became so obvious to me that it's impossible to go back to giving people who don't give a shit about me power over me. Another good example of this was discussed on 
TMI with Tony and Michelle that really resonated with me. On their April 30th episode, I'll include it in the description. Take a listen. They were talking about giving someone's words power over you. It's the same concept. Words, like people, don't have power over you. Any meaning unless you assign them meaning. If you give them power, they have power. You know, if someone said, Nick, your podcast sucks, you don't have a clue what you're talking about, and everyone that listens to it disagrees with everything you say, do us all a favor, take a long walk off a short pier. Okay, well, thanks for the feedback. I mean, how that statement makes me feel is up to me. If I assign those words meaning and power, well, I'll feel bad about myself and maybe start making changes to serve others instead of myself. However, if I don't assign those words power, then nothing in my life is affected. Tony and Michelle made a great point on that episode. They said, hey, if someone insults you in a different language, what happens? Think about that. Think if someone just curses you out, says the most vile shit to you in a language you don't understand, what happens? Nothing. You don't even know what they're saying. Therefore, you can't assign their words meaning or give them any power. Nick, su podcast sucks. No tienes ni idea de lo que estás hablando y todos no están de acuerdo con todo lo que dices. Haznos un favor y de un largo paseo desde un embarcadero corto. So that was the same critique of me in a different language. I didn't understand the word of that. I mean, other than podcast and sucks because they're the same words in both languages, but it didn't mean shit to me. Words are just sounds. Whatever we do with them after that, that's on us. And same as power. Power is an illusion. Whether or not we give someone else power over us is 100% up to us. It's an inside job. When you understand that simple fact, it makes connecting the dots of why are deliberate attacks happening to competing institutions? The middle class, for example, small business owners, i.e. people not reliant on those in charge. The middle class has always been a threat to those in power because the more members of the middle class you have, the more people with money and wealth that are not dependent on the few in power. The more people not dependent on those in power present opposition to any narrative that presents obvious issues and or hypocrisies. Because people in the middle class can freely voice their concerns, but more importantly, they can simply and peacefully just not comply. If they can't be fired, or if they're not afraid of the threats, coercion, and propaganda, they are uncontrollable. They're a problem. And also, they present this constant reminder. It's like an advertisement to the people still obedient to authority. Like, hey, excuse me, there's another way to live. You can say no. The middle class can promote skepticism, which is a grave threat to narratives that require obedience for them to remain unquestioned. Healthy skepticism will easily nuke any false narratives based on lies. And the few in power cannot have that. The nuclear family, another institution that is a threat to the few in power. False narratives and propaganda are no match for a family that has dinner together. No match for a family who spends a lot of time together. If you have a good relationship with your children... And they witness time after time your actions matching what comes out of your mouth. Your kids are going to take notice and they will act accordingly. Because you're showing them that's the way 
that it's done. If you show them that living your best life is defined by you and not by the people trying to sell you shit by convincing you, hey, you know, you'd be a lot happier or cooler and smarter with our product or our lifestyle that we happen to financially benefit from. If you teach your kids what's really important, don't give others your power. That is a problem for people who want to control you and steal your power. I've tried to lay out examples of the controlled demolition of these institutions that provide people strength to put themselves and their families first, to illustrate how important freedom is over obedience. And basically, I've come to the conclusion that you need to decentralize and diversify potential controls in your life. The more self-sufficient you are, the less areas of your life people who want to control you can threaten you with. They have leverage over you. Do you think you can coerce an Amish man with a family, a farm, and who belongs to a strong community to do something he doesn't want to do? It's never going to happen. He's not dependent on anyone for anything. You have no leverage. Do this or else. Or else what? What are you going to cut the power off to the farm? Fuck it. Don't use it. You're going to restrict my ability to leave the country? I don't care. We don't take vacations. We're too busy leading a life that brings me joy and satisfaction every day. I don't need to suffer a job all year I hate for the privilege of taking two weeks off to test drive the life I, that I could have been living on vacation. Yes, the Amish are extreme, but you can see the closer you get to self-sufficiency, the easier it is to resist the coercion and the threats of the few in power. Because it's obvious to you that they don't hold any power over you in the first place. I've spent a lot of time talking about freedom, right? Fighting for freedom, fighting fucking medical freedom, the founding fathers, the constitution, fucking blah, blah, blah. But I never highlighted the fact that you don't need to do that shit. You don't need to learn how fucking government works so you can petition the right people to affect the change. If you are a person who wants to dedicate their time to fight for those things, great. But if you don't want one more thing to do, then you simply choose not to play the game anymore. And I completely missed highlighting this option because, well, I'm one of those people who doesn't mind to fight for something I believe in. And unfortunately, this podcast has always been seen through that lens. You don't have to do anything. Just stop playing the game. In fact, you'll have less to do if you stop playing the game. Stop playing the compliance game and it will free up more resources for you to go live your best life. The majority of my episodes have been an attempt to get you to realize, hey, it's a game. And now I'm following up with an alternative action step. Stop fucking playing. People have called it the matrix and for good reason. It's a good analogy. But sticking on the game theme here to really wrap your head around this concept. The game you're choosing to play in is Monopoly. The game that only has one winner. Everyone else slowly bleeds, money goes broke, gets pissed off. Right? It always starts off fun. Oh, we get a level playing field. We have a quality. Woo! But then life happens. Lucky roll the dice for some. Oh shit, bad luck for others. Pretty soon, winners and losers are established. After more time, the winners are whittled down to one, and the losers the others become. What a great illustration of living a life in the game. You're tiptoeing through hotels and houses on, of the elite, tiptoeing around the fucking utilities. You're in constant fight or flight with your every move. 
Well, meanwhile, the game ends the same way every time. One winner and a bunch of losers. And we all know that going in, right? Anyone who's played Monopoly before is not under any illusions that everyone's just going to have fucking fun and we're all going to win. You go into that game hoping you win. And then when reality sets in that winning's never going to happen, you do what we all do. You get pissed off and then you play it out till you can't take it anymore. You quit like a baby and then fucking regret even playing. Matthew 13, 12, whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. So mark that shit down. We made it 143 episodes before some scripture was quoted. But it's so true, right? The, the founding fathers gave us a fucking blueprint on how to live a free life within the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. The beauty is you can use it without having to make defending it part of your day. They just tried to get you to realize, hey, your duty is to yourself, the individual. They gave you a map to help you live your best life, your most authentic life by trying to reduce the people that would want to steal shit from you, coerce you, and steal your power. They gave you a head start by trying to limit the control of the people that will affect your life negatively. I've been trying to encourage curiosity in you to hopefully challenge your assumptions and even your strongly held beliefs. I've made the most progress when I've taken a flamethrower to what I think I know. I've learned the most when I've come to the realization that I don't know shit. When I've challenged the cognitive dissonance that's in my head. When I hear myself say, so-and-so would never do that. I remind myself, just because I wouldn't do that, doesn't mean a fucking sociopath or a complete psychopath wouldn't do it, right? A big part of cognitive dissonance that I didn't spend enough time on is the assumption you make about others is really a big part of the problem too, right? Hey, you're a good natured person. You're a good person. You're a compassionate person, caring person. All that goodness in you is preventing you from seeing what's right in front of your face. You're extending your morality, your values, all the goodness in you to people and groups that didn't earn any of it with their actions. I would never want to intentionally hurt people. So therefore, Bill Gates would never want to hurt people. That assumption is preventing you from seeing the truth. You're running cover for people and groups who are not what you assume they are. So we must always remind ourselves just because we wouldn't do it doesn't mean some fucking crazy person with motive and opportunity wouldn't do it. And we also must remember that the truth doesn't mind being questioned. And a lie does. Doesn't need to be any more complicated than that. Was it hard for me to hear that people who I felt were doing good and virtuous things, who were standing up to censorship and fighting for medical freedom, do you think it was easy for me to hear some of them were blocking and censoring other people that were asking them questions and challenging other areas of their assertions? Fuck no, it was demoralizing for a moment. But once you see the light, there's no going back. In a way, that shit's good. It's a healthy challenge. It's a good reminder to never, ever blindly follow someone without question. And that is kind of what I meant by wanting to be right versus wanting not to be wrong. If there was a person who I really looked up to and respected their courage because, 
hey, they were willing to take heat for an unpopular opinion. If you want to help people, you tell them the truth. If you want to help yourself, you tell people what they want to hear. That person who spoke out against censoring dissenting views goes and does the same thing to his critics or her critics. That is a huge problem. Their actions show me their words are full of shit. So you got to fight the cognitive dissonance. You got to resist the urge to ignore that inconvenient truth because then you have to deal with them. All that shit's hard work and the work never ends. And for those of us that truth-seeking is an important part of life, well, it's a labor of love. But I need to remind you that you can skip all that shit and just stop playing the game. Get to a point where you admit, hey, there is a game. Then you can choose to not play. Then maybe focus on your life, your family, pour into the relationships that matter to you. Use your precious time and energy for things that fucking matter. And I'm definitely guilty of getting into the weeds about all the bullshit debates going on. I'm all hell-bent on pointing out the bullshit to people so they can see it. And then we can move on and fucking go do something productive instead. I do this podcast to help people and help myself. Because on one hand, I want everyone to get to a place where they see the game being played. They realize the game is only there to take from you, to take your time, to take your energy, to take your money, to take your power. All that shit, all those things you have are at risk of losing when you play the game. Take the car, the hat, the shoe, tell Parker Brothers to piss off. At which point, they'll no longer need to listen to this because they're off enjoying their life, ignoring the noise, being in the moment with the people that matter. Fucking awesome. On the other hand, I realize, well, it's going to be a long process and I'm going to have to continue to point out things to encourage your curiosity and to challenge your assumptions. One assumption I had that I challenged is that people are threatening my freedom. Oh, people are preventing me from living my best life. That was bullshit. The only one standing in my way of those things is me. On the Monopoly board, yes, there are many threats to my freedom. There are many threats to my fucking medical freedom. There's censorship threats. Oh, there's fucking threats of racism. Climate crisis. There's chicks with dicks and guys with their dicks filleted and then pushed back into their groin. None of that purposely distracting narrative battles on the Monopoly board matter to me if I'm not playing the game. When I'm by myself, when I'm at home with my family, and when I'm with my friends, as long as the game of Monopoly doesn't break out, I'm free to enjoy my freedom, live my best life, and so are you. I'll give you some homework for the next episode. What do you think the point of your human experience is? Okay, sit with that for a while, and on the next episode, we're going to kick the tires on that very question. I'd like to thank everyone for joining us. I appreciate it very much. Hope everyone has a great day. Yeah.